So what I want to do briefly is give some uh, highlights about what I'm thinking about this next coming year. And, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, I, I pray a lot and seek to really kind of discern what God wants us to do. You know, I fast, I spend time just wrestling with God and seeking to discover what his priorities are for any given uh, season. I think in church, one thing that can happen is, uh, is there's so much good stuff to do, and you kind of do a lot of stuff, and you just keep doing a lot of stuff, and it's important to um, constantly just be listening to the Lord for his heartbeat and his guidance. So I've struggled to try and express what I think God is saying, but if I had to pick a phrase, you'll see on the second slide, it would be this. We're going to sharpen the focus. We're going to actually sharpen the focus of what we do. And basically, uh, we're going to uh, be sharpening the focus in a number of different areas. First, we're really just sharpening the focus on our vision, which is, you'll see on this next slide, you know this hopefully by now, to love God, love people, and make a difference. And also, we've got these three priorities we've identified. Uh, these are important priorities. The first is to grow the big family through local evangelism and mission. And uh, this uh, has been a real um, priority of ours back in 2010, actually, before Bex and I even got here. I know as a church, you did a big, extensive vision um, process, and you said, actually, what we want to do is see more people come to faith uh, in this place. We've actually made lots of progress this year, and uh, lots of exciting things have happened. Uh, we've seen some great people come to faith on uh, Alpha. Trekkers uh, is just an amazing community, a missional uh, outreach community. It does amazing um, stuff. Um, we've trained all sorts of people in this area. I know, I know many of you love the Ravi Zacharias uh, apologetic evenings last year. I'm trying to get them back in. We've had some great input from Alan Hume from the diocese on the shape of uh, Surrey, the shape and the challenges of the church facing uh, uh, us in the diocese. And we've done all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, a real highlight actually would be over Christmas and more recently, seeking to build relationship uh, with local businesses. So uh, lots to celebrate, uh, but I do feel we need to sharpen our focus more and push into that. I don't know about you, I feel really excited uh, by what God has done uh, this last year, but I, I want to see God do um, so much more. Our second priority, you'll remember, is to deepen our big family life together by building our community life. And again, we have made masses of progress, I would say, this year. I don't know whether you noticed it on that video. You know, uh, I, I saw that for the first time this afternoon. And I was just encouraged by the references to, oh, this is such a great family. This is such a great community. And uh, learning all sorts of stuff in this place. But, you know, we've done, we've, we've made great progress. And uh, the Come Dine With Me uh, initiative where we've been having each other around for dinner and people new to the church and all sorts of stuff, hundreds of people have been involved in that over the years. So that's been really, really encouraging. Cameo, I would say, has got going from strength to, to strength. All sorts of stuff has happened. We, we have um, three diocesan pastoral assistants about to graduate who've been doing a course this year to help 
care for the community. They're joining Grace. And we've done all sorts of other stuff, like the big family directory, the pastoral directory, in a sense to build our community life. But we need to sharpen our focus and press in more in that regard. You know, our third priority, I hope you remember, is actually to release and empower everyone into their God-given gifts and ministries. And actually, we want everyone to uh, do that here, to really uh, be who they are, find their heartbeat, be who God has created them to be, and bring what they want to bring in this place. And again, we've really inputted between us into people over the last year. You know, heartbeat courses, equip courses, prayer ministry courses, growing leaders courses, and so many other things I could, could mention. But I, I want to see us pushing in uh, far more deeply and far more intentionally in these uh, priorities. So what are we going to do? Here are some headlines. The detail will follow following um, a PCC day in June. But here are some headlines. Uh, What are we going to do under our um, priority one of evangelism and mission, if we could go back to that? Um, What are we going to do to sharpen our focus? I feel very, very excited about this. We're doing something in September. We're launching it. We're doing it for a year. It's going to be called One. Uh, That's what it's going to be called. And I am challenging myself, and I'm challenging everyone in the church who comes here between September this year and September next year to lead one person to faith in Jesus Christ. And what we're going to be doing is um, training people, uh, helping people, running connected events that can help people do that. And uh, I hope you feel excited about that, and I hope you feel slightly nervous and a little bit freaked out and frightened. I feel a little bit freaked out and frightened, but that's actually really good as a Christian if you feel that from time to time. And so that's going to be a massive focus because in 2010, actually, in the vision process, uh, it was decided that we want to see people come to faith in this place. So we're going to push into that and we're going to really sharpen our focus in a way we haven't done so far. And that's really, really exciting. So we're also going to be taking far more um, focus uh, on our present opportunities. You know, we have lots of people around the church who aren't um, Christians, who haven't yet come to faith. A person in that video wasn't even a Christian. I thought, that's cool (laughs) that you're you're appearing on our video, um, you know, there, standing there, thankful for what God is doing in the church. And so, for example, we are going to far more intentionally um, focus on our baby and toddler group. I don't know who's involved in that. There's a great team who are involved in that. There are 60 to 80 unbelievers who come every week. One of them, I, I've got to, I, I, I go in from time to time, and um, Bex, uh, I go to this barber. He's a guy called Sam uh, up the road. He's Kurdish. Uh, he's got a little uh, boy, and um, Bex suggested uh, his wife could come to the baby and toddler group. He's can't, she came last week for the first time, so I, so I met I met her. I invited him as well to the, to the business dinner. But we have all these people, 
and actually uh, we often uh, miss our opportunities. So we're really going to press into that and I'd love to um, do all I can in the Trekkers community to support the ministry there and see how we can uh, help more uh, in that regard. You know, we, we have opportunities on our doorstep. I've been getting to know the local policemen. They are amazing. They get a lot of uh, uh, rap in the press, bad rap, bad press. They're actually extraordinary men and women who really do an extraordinary job. I've been going out with them. And uh, I've, I've seen uh, just the huge communities of need, just r really 100 meters from this place. And we are going to actually be um, seeking to build relationship with these communities. Very, very vulnerable people from drug addicts to uh, people suffering from domestic violence. Uh, I've been into the Farnham Road mental hospital with the police. All sorts of stuff is just right in our doorstep. And so we are going to be seeking to build relationship and um, uh, access, develop our access um, into these areas. So that's one. I hope you feel excited about that because that's going to be a huge part of the church uh, next year. Priority two, what are we going to do around community? Actually, we're going to be relaunching our life groups in the autumn. I've had a preliminary conversation with the life group leaders, and uh, they are fantastic. And uh, they were last sort of uh, reviewed and relaunched, I think, about 10 years ago by Simon Holland. And uh, there was a general feeling that they'd, they were brilliant, that, but they they'd sort of were functioning as Bible study groups, which is good in itself, but they could be so much more. And so we're going to be doing that and seeking to revamp uh, the life groups. And that's going to be very, very significant and very, very uh, exciting. And uh, also uh, on the equipping front, uh, we're basically looking to develop far more effective ways of spiritually forming people and how we can actually um, do this Jesus life, live the Jesus life uh, in the way that he's calling us to. And uh, actually, I think often we feel quite ill-equipped and ill-prepared despite having done a whole lot of stuff. Uh, you know, often we can feel, oh, I'm not sure about this. So we're going to actually be changing how we spiritually uh, form people. And one big thing I'm excited about along those lines, it's not everything, but we're actually going to uh, be, um, for example, writing a whole new syllabus for our children's and youth uh, programs. And we are going to be um, really asking the question, look, the world is changing fast. Our young people uh, have huge pressures on their faith, on the credibility uh, of the Christian faith. They face huge pressures and challenges. How can we actually really help them, nurture them, prepare them, develop them for the, the world that's very different to the world that you and I grew up in, you know, with all the challenges and pressures? How can we develop them as leaders? And so we're going to be far more intentional and sharpen our focus around those. So lots of stuff... Um, exciting stuff coming up and uh, basically that's sharpening the focus of our vision and on our priorities um, that's, the that's kind of the first thing the other thing I want to say we're going to sharpen our values as a church and um, we want to really identify uh, what a healthy uh, community has as its core values and uh, 
I'm going to be speaking about this in a few weeks' time after the end of the Freedom Series. But we've identified four uh, values that we're going to actually really seek to sharpen our focus on. They're called up, in, out, and deep. You probably won't remember all of those. Up, in, out, and deep. Up is about living an increasingly worshipful life in intimacy uh, with our Father in heaven, uh, actually in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is going to become a core focus we're going to press into. In is about actually helping us uh, live real and caring and authentic relationships uh, graciously um, with one another as we make mistakes, as we fail, but also increasingly holding ourselves open uh, and accountable for uh, leading this Jesus life to which we're called. Out actually is, a, is such a key value, one that we often forget, is actually we're going to passionately seek out the lost. We're just going to just go for that big time. And, um, you know, that is part of the one uh, initiative, uh, but also we're going to seek to serve those in need, uh, the vulnerable. And um, there, there's just so many vulnerable people around the place. And if you walk down the high street, you don't often see that, but if you just get off the beaten track... Uh, there's lots of vulnerable people around. And I think, you know, I think uh, uh, we can do so much more in that regard. So up, in, out, and deep. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to be sharpening these values into our community life, into our ministries, into our groups, uh, uh, into our lives uh, to help us be healthy and have a, a, a holistic, authentic spirituality. And uh, this is going to be very significant, I believe. Now, as well as sharpening our our vision, sharpening our focus on the priorities and on these values, we're also going to be sharpening our prayer life. I said I'd come back to this. Now, does anyone in here pray for the church? So look around the room. One of the great things that struck me coming into St. Saviour's was that it's a praying church. And uh, there's all sorts of prayer that happens in this place. There's prayer chains, there's Monday groups, there's intercessors who pray, there's prayer for the nations, prayer for uh, services, uh, the, the staff team, we pray every day, and uh, we've done 24-7 prayer, we've done all sorts of stuff. There's this new initiative that's been launched recently, the Elders Prayer Initiative, and some of the more senior and distinguished members of the congregation who feel they struggle to do some other stuff in light of their age have been really, really praying uh, very, very effectively for the church. Now, of course, there's always room for improvement, and so we're going to be seeking to up our corporate prayer life because um, we don't do stuff in our own strength, do we, in the sense of um, striving and straining Uh, to see things happen. Actually, it's God who's got to do this at the end of the day. And so we've got to just pray, 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 pray uh, for him uh, to move. And um, we're, as you know, joining the Archbishop of Canterbury's prayer initiative. As you know, the Archbishop of Canterbury, many churches are very, very concerned uh, about the state of of Christianity in this country. And uh, uh, we often forget that and look beyond the country. But actually, where we live, this place called England, uh, is facing a spiritual crisis. And actually, there's, there's lots of great stuff happening. It's not a depressing thing. There's an opportunity 
uh, for creativity and pioneering that is very, very exciting. And uh, Justin Welby is leading the way on this. And so he's called the whole uh, Anglican church to pray between the 8th and 15th of May, Ascension Day to Pentecost. And we're going to be joining in that initiative. And uh, uh, on the Wednesday night, we're going to have a, a night of prayer. Uh, it's going to be hooked in with the kingdom come. Uh, and we're just going to pray all night. And obviously, you're, everyone's welcome to come. And uh, we're going to just pray for the country that uh, God's spirit would move. And there would be a real sense of people coming to faith and um, uh, God would move very, very powerfully. We've also done other stuff. I don't know whether you noticed the prayer washing line at the back. It's a simple thing, which uh, basically you can take a card off there. You can write a prayer request on it. Someone will pray for you. They'll write that they prayed for you. And also we're going to uh, have another board where you can just write answers to prayer. Because that's just encouraging, isn't it, when you hear the stories uh, of answers um, to prayer. We've got a prophecy book as well. People have been saying, look, God's speaking to me. Sometimes in the services there aren't opportunities. We need to make more opportunities. Sorry for that. But there's also a prophecy book. If you feel God is speaking to you for the church, you can just write in the book. And uh, we will look at that and take that seriously. And a number of people do actually email me prophetic words. It's amazing how often um, they're, they're just on the money. And you go, oh my gosh, I was thinking about that this morning. Or actually, you're the third or fourth person who's mentioned that this week. And so we do take those things uh, seriously. I also want to see us praying on the streets. I was out on the streets last week just talking about Jesus to people. And I was just struck by the openness of people to be prayed for. You know, I met a guy, uh, I just sat on the stairs out there, and Brazilian guy, very good English. Uh, I said, look, you know, I'd love to just have a chat with you. We're a church. We're trying to just connect more with people outside the church. Can you help us? We had a conversation. We had a conversation about Jesus. He said, actually, I'm not a Christian. He said, I'm from Brazil. My parents are Christians. He said, you know, um, I said, "Would would you like me to pray for you? He said, I would love you to pray for me. I thought, wow, that's amazing. I thought, and I said, well, look, just keep your eyes open. We'll just keep sitting here. We'll, people will think we're talking. Don't bow your head. Don't close your eyes because that would be weird. What can I pray for? He said, I want you to pray for my grandfather and my girlfriend. So I prayed for him. Prayed he'd, pray he would um, you know, come to know God as well. And I, he said, look, I'd love to sort of, have you got any information you can give me? And I said, yeah. I said, look, do you like facts or stories? He said, I like facts. So I got a, a book by Tim Keller on uh, stuff. I gave it to him. He said, thank you so much. I can't believe that. He said, you know, it's just not like this in Brazil. He said, the Christians, they're like a holy huddle. They're they're not interested in people like me. They do all this stuff, but they, they, they they would never bother to speak to someone like me. I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? Then someone else called Jed came along. And, um, Jed is in his early 20s, and uh, we started talking about Christ. He said, actually, you know what? He said, I'm not really a spiritual person. And I said, oh, that's fine. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He said, I, really? I said, yeah. He said, really? I said, yeah, I'd love, yeah. I said, what do you want to pray for? He said, I've just, my partner, we're not married. I've just, we've just got this baby. Uh, would you pray for my son? I'd love to pray for your son. And so we pray for him. Thank you so much. Someone else came along. I mean, I could keep telling stories. Someone else came along. I'm trying to think who the third person was. Yeah, someone else came along. Uh, Muslim. Uh, he said, I said, what do you think of Jesus? He said, I, I think Jesus is very good. He said, I, I'm brought up a Muslim. And I said, oh, that's good. And I said, look, would you like me to pray for you? He said, I would 
love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, and so I prayed. I said, okay, the Lord, you know, Jesus, please just reveal more and more of yourself to, to this person. And he said, that's so lovely. He said, thank you. And he just, it's amazing. So I think we've got to get out there and be praying, you see. And there's openness and there's hunger and uh, so many opportunities. So corporate prayer, yes. Develop it, yes. Uh, take it seriously, yes. Give it away on the streets, yes. Uh, so we're going to sharpen our focus, therefore, on the vision, on the priorities, uh, on our values, and on our prayer life. And we're also going to be sharpening uh, our focus on uh, the building. We're wanting to start to look at the building. And um, basically what's happened is, you know, every five years you have to have uh, a building assessment by the diocese. It's called a quinquennial uh, report, I think. And uh, they've come in, they do a really extensive job, they look at everything. They've concluded, look, to be honest, uh, the bones of the building are pretty good, but it actually looks really shabby and unloved and uncared for. And it needs quite a lot of work just to bring it up. And I thought that when I first came here, actually. I thought, you know, it, it needs a freshen up. And uh, so we have asked some architects to do a feasibility study. We said, look, what would you do? And uh, they're, they're about to formally report, I think, in, in May. But they said, look, we've, we've concluded. In its, in its bones, the building's pretty good. But actually, it's shabby. It looks unloved. It looks uncared for. It's long overdue, a, a bit of a, a freshen up. And uh, we said, OK. And they've also got some exciting ideas. They said, actually, it's, it's, it's good in its bones, but there's problems with this building. For a start, uh, it looks like a prison from the outside, the front door. And it looks permanently shut. And actually, what's weird, on a Sunday, if you drive past at our busiest time during our Sunday service, it doesn't matter, nine, whatever service, uh, it looks shut. You wouldn't think anyone was here. And uh, I had a guy came in, uh, he was a young guy, 25 off the street, smart suit and tie. He was having a sort of, um, I think, a schizophrenic ep episode, so I spent time with him, I was praying with him. And um, he said, you know, it's so weird, he said, I, I've walked past this church every day for the last six years, and I've always thought it was completely shut. So what we want to do, actually, is, is open up the church, um, not just spiritually and as people and as a community, but physically. And, uh, you know, we would love to have sign, signboards outside, and, uh, you know, that requires planning permission. We're giving that high priority. But, you know, we could, it, we could really open up the front. I don't know about you, whether you've had this experience of uh, the architects and the quinquennial report said, you know, the flow of the building is really weird. It's, you know, it's really weird. Have you ever had this? Do you ever? I do this at least five times a day. Okay, how do I get back to my office? <laughs> Wait, no. Uh, and you say, do you do that? You go, no, it's this way. <laughs> and so the architects have come up with sort of, you know, we could really fix that. And the flow is really poor in the building, and it's sort of a bit confusing and a bit. Uh, but actually, we could sort that out. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that we could do. So I wanted you to know that. And uh, of course, that's not going to happen this next year, but, you know, there's, that would be a big project. Uh, but it would be an exciting project for us. So. That's all great, isn't it? I don't know how you're feeling, whether you're feeling really excited. Who's feeling excited? 
Yes, good. Uh, or you might be thinking, oh, the thing is, we can't carry on as we are and achieve that, is what I want to say. And actually, you can't keep doing that. You know, it was Einstein who said, only truly mad people think they can do the same old thing with different results. So actually, we've got to do two things, I think, and I'll be speaking more about this in the next couple of months. First thing is we've got to simplify. Uh, we have to simplify. And one thing uh, increasing numbers of you are saying, and I, I think this is true actually, is that we do too much as a church. And there's so much stuff on. You know, we put on thousands, I'm not exaggerating, of events every year, external and internal. Thousands. And they're all good. And everything that happens is really good. I can't think of anything in the church at the moment that's really bad. Or, or really awful. I, I actually can't, I'm being honest. But actually, we're going to have to stop some stuff and simplify because we can't just keep doing the same thing and expect we're going to have different results. So we are going to be simplifying, and um, we're going to simplify everything we can where possible for the sake of actually um, implementing our priorities. And um, I will speak more about that uh, in the next few months. Uh, I don't want that to sound uh, anxiety-inducing or, um, oh my gosh, alarmist. Uh, you know, this is going to be fine. It's going to be fun. And uh, we do need to simplify, though. Finally, I think also we need to unify. Uh, simplify and unify. And uh, I would encourage you, I don't know how you're feeling about this. I don't know how you feel about the vision. I don't know how you feel about the priorities. I don't know how you feel about the services. I don't know how you feel about these values. I don't know how you feel about these ideas. But I would ask you to unify around them, uh, this vision and these priorities. I would ask you to unify around these values and uh, actually pray for them, champion them, and really get stuck in. Because, um, you know, we're going to go this way. We're going for it. Time is short. We, the, t the clock is ticking. And actually, there's an urgency, I feel, to actually um, taking stuff forward and actually uh, living the life, doing uh, what God would want us to. And so much good stuff is happening. But I just think we haven't got started uh, barely got started. So I'd ask you to pray. I'd be asking you, if you want to, start now to be making a list of maybe five people who you think you might be able to bring to faith next year. Start praying for them. Start getting to know them, spending time with them, uh, building relationship with them, for example, and um, actually uh, just um, starting to really rally around this stuff. And um, my hope will be this time next year, we'll have some extraordinary stories of what God has done as we just step out in our weakness, as we step out in our vulnerability and just jump in and actually forge uh, the kingdom forward. So, we're sharpening the focus. I think it might be good uh, to end in prayer. So, would you mind if I prayed? So, Jesus, we want to worship you. We want to thank you for a great year in the life of the church, Lord. We're, we're realistic, too. There have been difficulties. Uh, some of us have had difficulties to face. We've made mistakes and got lots of things wrong. But you have been gracious. You've been loving. You've been kind. 
you do what you do, which is just do what you're going to do uh, despite us. So, Lord, we want to praise you. We want to worship you. We want to really give this whole sharpening our focus to you, Lord. It smacks of you, this desire to reach out to the lost, to, to increasingly serve those in need in our local area. And Lord, I want to lift everyone in the church to you, Lord. I pray you'd encourage them, that you'd inspire them, and actually you would be speaking to them about the next steps in these fresh things. So Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for Jesus Christ, and we want to thank you for all you're doing in this, your church. Amen.